This job would be great if it wasn't for the fucking customers. Jesus, I'm gonna hear from the boss tomorrow. Oh, would you loosen up? You'd feel a hell of a lot better if you just rip into the occasional customer. Why? I, I don't bother them and they don't bother me. A liar. Tell me there aren't customers that annoy the piss out of you on a daily basis. There aren't. Why can you lie like that? Why don't you vent? Vent your frustrations. Come on, who pisses you off? Well, uh, I guess it isn't customers in particular. Maybe just a group of customers. Well, let's hear it. Well, the milkmaids. The milkmaids? The women that go through every gallon of milk looking for that later date, as if somewhere beyond all the other gallons is a container of milk that won't go bad for like a decade. We're not even supposed to be here today. But <laughs> since we are anyways, let's talk about Clerks and Clerks 2 on this latest episode of Hold Up. Uh, I am one of your hosts, David Dennis, and I'm joined today with... Hi, I'm Matthew Cleary. I'm very happy to be here, as always. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you for uh, joining me today from uh, a long distance way over there in Colombia and uh, for checking out these uh, uh, Kevin Smith quote-unquote classics, question mark? <laughs> yeah, big question uh, mark, I think. <laughs> but we'll, we'll kind of uh, get to those, and I, I have a few... Uh, I have a Kevin Smith story to tell, which uh, we'll get to that as well. Uh, but before we, we get into any of that, I'm, I'm curious, what is your history with uh, Clerks and Clerks 2? Did you actually see these movies in the theaters? I did not, because <laughs> I'm too young. I wouldn't have been allowed. <laughs> well, I, um, I, uh, let me see. Clerks was, I want to think where it was. I was like, Clerks is 1994. And I saw it right yeah. around there. And I, and I remember a friend of mine was like, oh, you got to see this movie. You got to see this movie. And I was like, one day, and I was like, yeah, let me just rent this or whatever. Like, I was kind of reluctant to, because it's kind of movie I was like, you had to be in the mood for. And I really, really loved it the first time. And I think I ended up, it was one of those movies that I had a circle of friends and see, this would, uh, 1994 would have been 10th grade. I think I saw it around 11th grade, maybe, um, right or 10th, 11th grade. And I remember I had a circle of friends that were like always quoting the movie and kind of using the, you know, catchphrases and, you know, 37 in a row, you know, those sort of things. And then I remember one of, one of our mm. friends, he became like so obsessed with the view skewverse. Like he, he, you know, but back then, Kevin, I guess Kevin Smith is probably still really uh, accessible. But he would, he wrote to him, you know, it's you know, it kind of like earlier internet or whatever. He got like a signed poster. He got all sorts of like um, merch and stuff. And he really, he, he was the guy, he loved Mallrats. He loved Chasing Amy. Um, Chasing Amy, I think, didn't come out on DVD for a while. So he had like his own copy. Oh, no, no, no. He burned his own soundtracks because I guess there wasn't a oh. Amy soundtrack. So he hunted down all these, you know, and all you know, all these like albums from uh, I can't remember the the Deltones or something was like featured prominently on that and had some like uh, other music and you know guy and this is before you know you can get an easy MP3 pre Spotify pre LimeWire yeah he went and bought the CDs yeah, this guy was obsessed with the the Kevin Smith universe. And I think he never really left it while the others of us within the circle were like, 
yeah, Clerks was great. Clerks was funny. Um, these other movies aren't that great, and we kind of mm-hmm. like just kind of moved on. He never moved on. I, I, I haven't talked to him in years, but I, I'm pretty sure he's still Kevin Smith fan number one. But so anyway, uh, Clerks, I saw it not in the theater. Clerks 2, I did see in the theater. Um, I, and I think with that guy, I think. I think he was the one that, I think we were still friends back then. And he was like, yeah, we got to go see this. Um, kind of came full circle. I think I, and I saw other Kevin Smith movies in the theater because of him. But that being said, I never saw Dogma. I thought it was kind of a silly premise. Um, what was the other one? And I haven't seen um, Red State. Maybe uh, I saw Red. State. I didn't like it, but I uh, Jersey Girl. I haven't seen Jersey. Girl. Okay, I kind of like Jersey Girl. It's it's the underrated Kevin Smith movie. It's kind of the weird little uh, black sheep, I guess, of the, of yeah. the Kevin Smith movie it's a vic- family. A victim of the whole Ben Affleck romance sort of thing, you know. Yeah, yeah. People were more focused on that than they were on the actual quality of the movie, I think. Uh, but yeah, Jersey Girl isn't nearly as bad as people seem to to say it is. Right, right. I've heard that. I've heard that before. Um, but yeah, uh, my I have an interesting experience with uh, with Kevin Smith and with okay. Clerks Two. It or in Clerks and Clerks Two. I mean, uh, it's interesting that you mentioned him being so accessible because I actually met Kevin Smith so, sort oh, nice. of. Uh, so there was this place in Toronto called the Bloor Cinema that mm-hmm. was on Bloor Street. Uh, it doesn't exist anymore. I think now it's called the Hot Docs Cinema, and they just show documentaries there. But at the oh. back when I was in college, it was uh, like a place where they would show like RoboCop and stuff like that for like a week. Like they would get old classic movies and show them along with like newer, more independent stuff. But they were having, because Kevin Smith, I don't know if he was doing, filming a movie or just doing like a speaking tour or something, but they were doing like a Kevin Smith movie festival with him in attendance. And then after each movie, he would come up and do like a Q&A. So the first night they showed Clerks and Clerks 2. Oh. Uh, so I decided to, because I was a budding young uh, 20-year-old screenwriter, I decided to get up and ask Kevin Smith about the screenwriting process because uh, he wrote Clerks when he was 21. So I asked him, like, how do you write a movie when you're 21 uh, but not make it sound immature like you're a 21 year old? And I think right. Clerks still kind of has that problem, which we'll get we'll get to that eventually yeah, anyways, after I'm done telling my story. Um but first he asked me, like, how old are you? And I said, well, I'm I'm 20. And he said, well, there you go. You won't write a movie like a 21 year old. You'll write a movie like a 20 year old. Uh, and then he he actually spent more time on my question than he did on anyone else's. Uh, he, he went into like a whole thing of like in order to write better, you have to have more life experience, which is true. I agree with him. But that sort of descended into like in order for me to have more life experience, I need to go sleep around and I need to try both men and women and I need to suck a dude's <laughs> dick. That was, that was his that was his uh, uh, advice to me was that at some point I need to suck a dude's dick just to <laughs> to get that experience in order to be a better writer. But okay. Yeah, he, uh, he went on. <laughs> 
he ended up spending like 10 minutes going on this whole dick sucking diatribe that I wish I don't know if someone has it recorded somewhere. Uh, possibly it might be on YouTube or something. I've never actually checked, but um, I kind of wish I had like a recording of this that I could play at this point. But yeah, that's my my Kevin Smith <laughs> experience. I had already seen Clerks and Clerks 2 just on DVD like prior to this, probably in my first this was like around the time I was finishing up college, uh, around 2008, 2009. Okay. Uh, but I, I had seen Clerks 2 shortly after it came out, uh, around 2007-ish. And then uh, Clerks, around the same time. I think I watched them both around like one right after the other kind of thing. But yeah, it's interesting. Like if you would have asked me five, ten years ago, which movie I prefer, I probably would have said Clerks 2. And after rewatching both of them for this show, I'm completely the opposite. Like, yeah. Clerks 2 does not hold up at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also interesting, like, of note, is that at that screening, Kevin Smith also had not seen Clerks or Clerks 2 in a very long time. Like, that was his first time just sitting down and watching them. Uh, so he had some notes uh he pointed out that how in the first clerks like he, he would have done it differently if he had more money obviously it bothered him that uh there were so many long takes uh mm -hmm. which was just the result of they have they had no money so they just had to shoot everything in these big long five minute takes and and there's points where the actors like flub their lines and he just kind of left it in uh which i don't mind i feel like that adds to like the rawness of yeah clerks, none of that I guess, bothered but me. but it it, but it bugged Kevin Smith. <laughs> um, I guess if he had the money, he probably would have shot it in color and used more angles and stuff like that. And I think that's why, as a result, Kevin Smith likes Clerks 2 more than he likes Clerks. Like he thinks it's the more uh, accomplished movie of the two, I guess, because he had more money and he was able to do more uh, what he wanted or it was closer to what the way he had envisioned it kind of thing, which is oh, that's interesting. See, I I never felt that that the the amateurness of clerks clerks hurt it. Like I never felt. Yeah, I agree. Like, like most of those actors didn't do anything else. I don't. Has anyone in that movie? They just did other Kevin Smith movies. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Basically. And even like like Veronica never shows up. I thought Veronica was fine. Um, you know, I thought you know like there's a bit of a, you know, you could tell these aren't professional sort of sort of actors but it doesn't take away from the movie i don't think yeah it, it the movie it reminded me of in a weird way was the original evil dead just because it had oh, okay. that like amateur like we're young 20 year old people and we're gonna go make our own movie uh just to kind of see what happens and that's kind of what they did with evil dead and it was all like that one was done in detroit and it was all just local nobody's from Detroit. Nobody knew right. who Bruce Campbell or any of these people were at the time. So it was the same kind of uh, feel. And I think same thing with Evil Dead. Like, I don't think that hurts it. I think that's part of the charm. Uh, I would almost compare it to like uh, almost like a punk band's like first couple of albums, how they're kind of yeah. underproduced. Sure, but that's yeah. like why you usually that's their best stuff. Like. At, like Blink-182 or Rancid, like uh, their their best albums are like their first two or three albums. And then they start to suck because they get more <laughs> money and they get overproduced and uh, they have nice, easy, comfortable lives with like wives and children and they have nothing to complain about. 
And it's kind of the same thing happened with Kevin Smith and his movies. They're almost like the punk rock equivalent of movies in that like the the lack of money and the I'm sure like sexual frustration and frustration at having no money that Kevin Smith was experiencing in 1994 contributed to uh, the success of Clerks as opposed to Mm. like being a. a detriment to it, I guess. Well, I remember uh, that was a common criticism of Mallrats was like a lot of the people that like mm. Roger Eberts that liked Clerks a lot was like, all right, now we've given this guy a lot of money and a budget and this is what he came up with. And there's a lot of, yeah. a lot of Kevin Smith, Smith backlash from the critical community because that, and I guess there's people that there's people that stay, that really defend Mallrats and love Mallrats. I want to say I've probably only seen it once. I didn't really, I didn't hate it, but I didn't like it either. I thought it was just yeah, same with disposable. me. Now, Cl- Clerks, I have seen multiple times. This is this was uh, yes, uh, was Wednesday, whatever day I watched it this past week. Of Clerks two was the first time I've seen Clerks two since the theater. It wasn't the type of movie that I felt mm. I, I wanted to go back to, and kind of I see that I see why now after watching it. I was like, yeah. Now I remember why I didn't, um, I didn't um, like go and find this movie again and watch it again and look for it again, and, you know. Um, yeah. So yeah. I think I I had seen it like since that experience with Kevin Smith telling me to suck a dick. <laughs> um, I had seen I had seen it uh, one other time I think, but it was with a group of friends. And it was at like a New Year's Eve party and we were just looking for something to watch. And someone suggested Clerks 2. I don't know why not Clerks 1. We only watched Clerks 2, (laughs) but it was fun. Like it was a fun movie to watch with a group of like 20 somethings on New Year's Eve when we were all like half corked. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't really like I wasn't there to criticize it or anything. Uh, right exactly so and yeah clerks i think i've seen maybe twice as well but i i haven't seen either of them in a while i was actually no. surprised how much i had forgotten from clerks like i completely forgot the oh, part really? where she has sex with the dead body at the end i was oh, like no kidding. this is part of the movie like <laughs> you would think i would remember this but i didn't um and I, I forgot about like the Ger- or not German Russian metal singer guy. Oh yeah, and, berserker. Yeah, yeah, w- yeah, weird stuff like that. Like I just completely erased from my mind. So it was good see, to go I, back I, and and see it I, again. I remembered Clerks beat for beat. Like it was, and like I said, I don't know how many times I've seen it, but I just I had people within my circle of friends that would quote and requote that movie obsessively. So mm. I think it just kind of sunk into my. Uh, you know, my collective conscience or whatever. Um, this, you know, it's actually funny, just on a quick note, what you had said, like his weird um, advice to you. The, <clears throat> the friend of mine who was really into his stuff and was like always writing to, writing to the VUSQ, and like, you know, like back then these guys were, you know, this was even pre-Mallrats when he was doing this. And I remember Kevin Smith had sent him like a signed promotional poster that was kind of weird. It was the cast of Clerks. It was Randall, Dante, Veronica, maybe Caitlin was on there. But then Kevin Smith was in there, but not as Silent Bob. He didn't have the hat on. 
He didn't have the trench coat. It was just like Kevin Smith, Kevin Smith. And it looked like he had just wandered in during some promo shooting and like got caught in the oh. picture. <laughs> and then he had a signed Mallrats poster. I always remember this because he personalized it to my friend. He said my friend's name and he had an arrow pointing to Joe and Joey Lauren Adams. And he wrote, had her honest Kevin Smith. And I was like, that's the weirdest thing. To, like, first of all, like, all right. Yeah, you and Joey Lauren Adams were in a very public relationship. So, like, the fact that you slept with her isn't, like, something like, like, oh, wow, you know, I didn't know this happened. But it's just, yeah, like, yeah. like, he's bragging to this other kind of loser, like, hey, look at this. I slept with the main, the main, like, <laughs> it was just a really weird brag. Yeah. Like, it's like, yes, Joey Lauren Adams, like, okay. Like, I don't know, it's just a really weird thing to write on a personalized poster. Yeah, it's kind of kind of creepy like yes very creepy yeah (laughs) like why are you bragging to some random weirdo in north carolina that you know you slept with this b-level actress you know because it because he's kevin smith i guess but like yeah it's yeah it would almost be like (laughs) warren Beatty signing a poster for dick tracy and then pointing to madonna and being like i had sex with her like yeah, yeah but Yes, that's I, weird. <laughs> it's like it's weird, weird to point it out. Like it's the very ungentlemanlike, I guess. Yes. But that's not Kevin Smith's persona at all. Like he, no. he is like <laughs> he is very much like Mr. TMI type of guy. Exactly, like, and, and that's uh, something he just that, like, speaks weird, whatever's on his mind. Weird college guys would brag to each other about, like you know, oh you know, I went to high school with Joey Lauren Adams. I you know I slept with her before she was famous. It's like, you know, like, okay, Kevin Smith, you're like a big actor, you know, you're a big director, you're famous. You don't need to, like, write personalized messages Mm. like weirdos bragging about the relationships you're in. (laughs) But I feel like Kevin Smith never really evolved past that. At least when I was watching Clerks 2, there was such a failure to evolve past the level of humor and the style of filmmaking of, of Clerks 1. I was almost like definitely kind of kind of taken aback by it, by how like unevolved it was. Like, I think one good example is like the the soundtrack of Clerks is all these like weird indie alternative Mm. rock songs from the 90s that you've never heard of, which is really cool. It was like Mm. he was promoting like these obscure bands. Yeah. Yeah. But then the Clerks 2 soundtrack was instead of being the same thing, but for 12 years later with like obscure, like cool early 2000s indie rock bands, which there are many of. I listen to them a lot. Uh, There's a lot of good music from that time period. Uh, It's it's all like it's as regressive as the movie, almost like all the music is like like talking heads. And and, uh, uh, 1979 by Smashing Pumpkins is used really weirdly in that weird scene i was yeah i was like this song does not fit this scene at all it was like he just didn't know what song to use and at the last minute he was like playing 1979 on his ipod and was like "Ooh, this will work and it does not whatsoever no you know and i and actually speaking of music i didn't like i remember the gag from the first time i watched it and i remember they don't set it up which i didn't like the um, Goodbye Horses, Silence of the Lambs sort of parody. Oh, oh, yeah. And it's weird because, okay, they they do pay it off 
when um, the, the, the fiancé is like, hey, I have a surprise for you, and Jay's doing the Buffalo Bill tuck scene. Okay, that did get a laugh out of me. But I remember, like, it was weird hmm. because I remember reading, because, um, like, that's one of those scenes that gets parried, like, Family Guy did a parody of that. Like, that's that's one of those, you know, it's it's kind of a cheap joke, you know, the goodbye horses. There, I guess the original scene was it was going to be in silence and it was going to have a, like a, what do you call it? Like a caption or whatever saying, um, imagine goodbye horses playing right now. If we could have secured the rights to it. And then I'm like, wait, that joke doesn't work because you have, like you said, 1979 by Smashing Pumpkins, a much bigger song. You have, I, I don't know the name of the song, but you have the intro, the, the flowers, I think it's called. The t- no, Nothing but flowers. Yeah, that nothing song works a lot better, I think. And, I was fine with that like, one. But yeah. I was like, why wouldn't you have the rights to Goodbye Horses? Q Lazarus is not making music right now. Like that, yeah. that wouldn't work that you that you could get the rights to 1979 and you couldn't get it to the Q Lazarus. I just yeah glad they actually played the song. I just that gag was okay. The gag got a laugh from me because I think Silence of the Lamb parodies are funny, but it's not. It wasn't set up properly. It was just sort of random. It was kind of weird. Yeah, I think apparently it was just like that's something that Jason Muse actually does. Yeah, to Kevin the, Smith yep. as yeah, a joke. Exactly. So exactly. he like incorporated it into yep. the movie. It, I, I feel like Kevin Smith does this a lot where like and I'm sure lots of other writers do that where things happen in their real life and they use it in scripts. I've done that in scripts before. It's just Kevin Smith's life is so public that everyone knows about the stuff that happens to him that he puts in his scripts. Exactly. Or or he'll literally take things that he said on stage and in his like comedy tours and stuff and like verbatim put them into his scripts like uh Clerks 2 has that whole like Lord of the Rings thing where they're j- it's boring and they're just walking for three yeah. movies. Yeah, and I guess uh, which I disagree because I love Lord of the Rings. But anyways, um, that whole thing is from like one of his evening with Kevin Smith DVDs. And he just took it like verbatim and, and gave that whole speech to Randall, uh, which is fine. But again, I didn't find like I used to find that scene a lot funnier. And then watching it again now, I was like. I don't enjoy it as much. And it has like the guy barfing for no reason at the yeah, end. And it that just, scene didn't hold up, I don't think. Yeah, it just felt kind of mean spirited, I guess. But yeah, the, the main thing that like that really stuck out to me was all of the uh, homophobia that uh, is just like <laughs> jam packed in, bo- in both of these movies. Less so not as bad in the first one. It's it's there. Like, I think Jay says faggot one time and makes a few like gay jokes. Yeah. Or he he puts like the I suck cocks like. <laughs> yeah, that uh, was speech bubble and stuff like that. Smoker, I think, is an incident is an mm. insult he uses. And he does the thing where he's like, oh, you're so cute, Silent Bob. I'd love to blow you. I'll line you and three guys up like a circus seal. Oh yeah. <laughs> and then he calls him a, then he calls him the F word. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, I guess that's within his character. Yeah, but it's not, it doesn't permeate the whole film. Like clerks Two, it really like the whole yes. movie just has such a homophobic undertone that I, I never noticed it. And I think not to, 
defend Kevin Smith for writing a super homophobic movie. I don't think it's it's okay in any context. But the early 2000s in general was just so weirdly okay with homophobia in like every comedy movie. Like that was just the joke (laughs) of like 2000 to 2009 was like, you're gay. Ha ha. Just kidding. Uh, And there's so much of that in this movie, more so than I think even a lot of other movies that I would like. um, I don't like Dumb and Dumber, for example, or a lot of those early Fairly Brothers movies have that same kind of humor, but it's not running throughout the whole movie like this. It kind of ruined it for me, like even (laughs) even scenes that kind of worked uh, like the scene where they're in jail and uh, Randall is kind of like spilling his heart out to Dante is probably the best scene in the movie overall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then at the end, it's ruined by, by yet another like, haha, just kidding. I'm not gay joke. Like, right. yeah, it doesn't need to be in there at all. I agree with that. And it made me think of chasing Amy a little bit, that weird subplot of Jason Lee secret mm. being love with Ben Affleck. And there's just like a lot of the gay panicness that he kind of writes into his stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, do you you ever see the Jump Street movie? Yeah, yeah, I like those movies. (laughs) I I like how they kind of subverted that when um, the Channing Tatum guy is like, you know, calls the guy gay. I guess I can't, so what I am. Like, like the guy's part of the cool clique. Yeah, because they're kind of drawing attention to the fact that that societally, that switch happened so quickly. It was kind of weird that like five years prior, it was such an insult to be gay. And it was like, right. Uh, especially within a high school setting, like you mm. really had to at least when I was in high, I was in high school 2002 to 2006. And you really had to hide the fact if you were gay, like I mm. knew guys who were in the closet and stuff. If you weren't gay and you were, you know, whatever, gay or otherwise, if you're mad at someone and you would want to like, like even like jokingly among friends or actually angry you would use the other F word as an insult. It would be like, yeah, fuck you, you F word. Or you fucking F word. Like, you're yeah. not even saying it like you're... You're not even saying it like the person's actually gay. Straight guy was saying it to another straight guy just mm. ways to say you jerk or you scumbag. Yeah, like, Louis C.K. did a whole bit about that. That, it, like, it oh, had okay. nothing to do with actually being gay. Right. <laughs> like, it was something you would say if someone was being a coward or, like... You know, like we have, we're all riding jet skis. Why aren't you riding jet skis? You fucking f word. Yeah, like, you f word. Yeah. <laughs> or even like even now, like you ever get in an argument like on Facebook with like some like Neanderthal from like you know some backwards place, and like you, they'll you they'll be like, yeah, you must be gay or something. Like, wait, you know, wait, this is two thousand. You're still using that as an insult, you know? Yeah, and like, what what does it matter if I am? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, it's like, only it you like, Yeah, is that exactly exactly that's but yeah the the early 2000s was so weirdly homophobic not just in you know regular society like when i was in high school but in movie movies were like Mm. supporting it actively (laughs) stuff like this that i think the hangover has a few jokes like that like Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of the films that were coming out at this time were and then as you said like by the time we get to like 21 jump street and more recently stuff like book smart um uh, mm-hmm. block blockers or cock blockers or whatever it's called uh there's there's so much more progressive with this sort of thing and it just right 
That's I don't a, know, like all of society, like every single screenwriter got the same memo and the whole thing <laughs> just flipped around so quickly. Like, I really hope um, and Kevin Smith is starting uh, starting to film Clerks 3. We're recording this now. Uh, what day? I don't even know what day is this. 23rd. July 23rd. And he's he's starting to film it August 2nd on his birthday, which is cool because it's the oh, day cool. before my birthday. Yeah, um, I saw Rand- Randall didn't want to be part of it. And he kind of he he uh, he kind of killed the initial the initial filming. And yeah, he came back around. Yeah, he re Kevin Smith kind of rewrote the script. I don't know what the original version of it was, but the the rewrite is uh, kind of based on his again more like his experience kind of using that uh, for a film uh, after he had his heart attack, he rewrote oh, the clerk's yeah. three script to be about Dante having a heart attack. And then uh, I guess it's kind of a self-referential. Like he wants to film a movie in the quick stop about his own life. Mm. So it's going to be kind of like going back to the first clerks and like how that was made, except obviously like, how long right. is it? Like 20, <laughs> 26, 27 years uh, since yeah. that came out. So yeah, I guess it's kind of relevant that we're recording this now. I actually didn't know that until earlier today. I looked at, I just Googled like, what the heck is happening with Clerks 3? And then I yeah, was like, oh, it's like starting right, like next week. <laughs> they're, they're I, I actually Googled what's re- what's Jeff Anderson being up to? Because I, I always thought Jeff Anderson was sort of a guy that was like, yeah, like, I, I thought he was naturally funny. I think he just has like a funny delivery and stuff. And I was, oh, it's yeah. always kind of, but like it's, you know, saying that, I remember friends of mine saying, oh, that random guy, like anytime he's holding a newspaper, it's obvious he's reading lines directly, you know, printed into the paper. And I never really got that vibe, but I, I guess there's some backlash towards him as, you know, I, don't, I, I always thought he was the best actor of sort of the yeah four main yeah characters. i would agree and like no no one in clerks is perfect like i said they no. all end up flubbing their lines but the, it's hard to do a five minute scene with no cuts exactly. like actors are used exactly. to you do like 30 seconds and then you yell cut and then they move the camera around and you do the next yes. line kind of thing uh it's not easy clerks to do is it like that way. speeches you know it's like here let's have a long speech about return of the jedi and then a long retort in one in one single in wide one shot single, yes, as well. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> not even like different angles because they didn't have that much. Like they were they were trying to save film basically. Like it was uh, now you could just shoot it on a, your iPhone even oh, yeah, if you, you wanted digital, to, yeah, and you could shoot it from a hundred different angles. Exactly, whatever. Just upload exactly. it to a hard drive, but. But back then, like film was a precious commodity. Color film cost too much and you, it would be too difficult to do the color timing between all the different exactly. shots. <laughs> so it's just easier to do it in black and white. But as as you said earlier, I think I think the black and white and the everything being in one shot and the actors being kind of untrained and all that is just part of the film's charm. Yeah. I think if it was yeah, if it was too refined it would be more like Clerks 2, and I wouldn't like it as much. <laughs> Which is interesting, because, okay, in Clerks 2, who are the real actors? Rosario Dawson, obviously, right? Is she, is she the only real actor in that movie, though? Uh, I f- think so. I Right? And, and like, I think the, the, the Mrs. Hicks, Emma, what's her name? I don't think she's... She's Kevin Smith's wife, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now, I, Jennifer I, I, Schwalbach. Like, 
Yes. I, I like Rosario Dawson a lot. I liked her a lot in the role. I know she's obviously, I think, and like, I, you do feel, I think I feel a lot of the time, like, like it almost made me remember when I was watching Mare, Mare from Easton, where it's like, you have Kate Winslet, who's an, maybe a top three actress of her, of like all time. You know, she's definitely up there. She's in the conversation and, you know, she's in this really good HBO show, but the characters she's acting against are all these sort of like Netflix series level and stuff like that. So there were several times in the, in the mm. watching that movie or watching that series where I felt like, wow, Kate Lindsay is just like literally putting this other person on her back and kind of carrying them through the scene. And I felt that a lot with the Dante Rosario Dawson scenes where, you know, what the Dante's actor Brian O'Halloran, you know, he, I guess he's done more than say than Ran, than Jeff Anderson's done. He's done more than Jason Mewes and has done. But I mean, I don't think anyone would ever look at Brian O'Halloran and be like, "Ah, this guy's some thespian." You know, I mean, he's fine as Dante. I think he's better in Clerks than he is in Clerks too. Um, part of the reason he looks a lot better. He, he didn't age. He, that man is yeah, neither well. neither of them aged well. It'll be no. interesting to see Clerks three. There'll be even more <laughs> more chud chud. They keep calling each other chuds. Chud. I, yeah, yeah. I mean, Rosario <laughs> There'll be definite Dawson, chuds by the time the third one comes out. But I definitely felt Rosario Dawson carrying those scenes and doing a very good job of it. And also, oh, yeah. like, Rosario Dawson to me is one of the most beautiful women in the world. And the fact that she made a rom- romance between her and Dante believable, I gotta say, and I and that's not like a hot take. Kevin Smith has said the same. Like, you know, the fact that she made it believable that this woman would have any feelings at all for stupid Dante is pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. But it, it, remi- it reminded me of, um, it reminded me a little, uh, what's the, a Wet Hot American Summer, where, like, Paul Rudd looks like Paul Rudd, and, like, all the, um, like, Amy Poehler, all the, like, the, the major, like, the people who kind of, became famous um, off after Wet Hot American Summer. Still look the same like they looked when Wet Hot American Summer came out. But Cooper, uh, Coop, he looks like he ate three Coops. He, you know, he was this completely bloated. He, like, he, he was actually in Search Party. I hadn't seen it. I was like, hey, that actor was familiar. It was Coop. But like he was one of the like he's been he's been very active in Hollywood. He's been writing, he's been producing, he's been directing. But of all the Wet Hot American Summer cast, he did not look like he looked like, you know, 20 years ago, however long the, the Netflix the Netflix sequels and prequels came out. So it was just like, wow. But like Dante and Jeff, uh, Jeff Anderson were the same way. Brian and they, they they got bloated. They look terrible because they're like good looking guys within Clerks. You know, in Clerks, I could kind of look at Dante and be like, yeah, I can see why Veronica and Caitlin like this guy. Um, but yeah, Clerks too. I was like, what's wrong with this guy? He's just. He looks- no, yeah. They, they look like they've been choking down a few too many of those uh, big <laughs> cow tipper burgers in their free time. Oh, yeah. He but, just looks- but yeah, it's the same. <laughs> it's the same with Rosario Dawson has aged so well. Like she looks yes. the same now as she did when as Clerks she- 2 came out. Yes. Like she's in the new um, she's in the Mandalorian. She plays like the oh, grown up really? version of uh, of Ahsoka Tano, the character from the oh. Clone Wars. And she's she's really good in it. But uh, she 
she hasn't aged like she's like 50 now and she does not look <laughs> right. that old at all um so it's again it's gonna be really weird because she's coming back for clerks three which really surprised oh, me it's that gonna be surprising. really weird to see her looking fantastic next to um uh brian <laughs> o'halloran who, yes um he, he's in the newest jason muse movie which came out just like a yeah. couple of years ago and oh, he yeah looks, he, he looks is, awful <laughs> again he's not really his hair is even thinner he's yeah. even a little bit more and he dyed it he yeah. looks really <laughs> odd um i i've loved rosario dawson since kids which kids is what 1993 1994 whenever kids i'm a big i think i you probably know i'm a big larry clark fan but I, 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 you know, I was one of the people. I loved kids, um, and I, I loved her debut. She's one of those actresses I've kind of, you know, she's like she was in a really bad Netflix movie where she plays the wife of a guy who's his ex-wife is obsessed with him. One of those sort of like, um, oh, okay, one of those Netflix level, um, you know, throwback to the early '90s sort of obsessed lover movies you know husband has an affair like the fatal attraction clones anyway she was actually you know she was fine in it but i just i really like rosario dawson i just i really enjoy so i think that was probably for me re-watching clerks that was the one thing i took away was like wow rosario Dawson's really great in this she's really believable she really <laughs> reminds me of a co-worker i have that was sort of like kind of preying on my mind as i was watching it. i was like yeah you know i can kind of relate to this little subplot a little and you know i just i i i just um she can't and I'm, I'm actually i don't know if i'm happy or not that she's in clerks three because i have no idea how that movie's going to turn out but um i i loved her in this movie i, I like i easily the best part easily the most sort of like the 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 fact that you could believe her in the role was great you know i just uh um i guess she's sort of the veronica role maybe i guess in the you know but not really but anyway she was wonderful um and she kind of saved she saved the movie because i you know i i don't know if we want to get into just like kind of point by point um i didn't i laughed out loud a few times I didn't really laugh out loud watch, rewatching Clerks, but that was more because I've seen it so many times. It was just sort of like I could kind of anticipate the lines. Clerks too. I, I honestly fair. didn't remember. I remembered sort of the setups. I remembered. Um, I remembered the Lord of the Rings stuff. I remembered the Donkey Show stuff, which 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 I didn't think was funny the first time. I didn't think it was funny the second time, but. Um, uh, the, the parts that I did enjoy in the rewatch were the Rosario Dawson sort of um, parts. And, and, you know, whatever. I, I'm, I'm not here to insult Brian O'Halloran, O'Halloran's looks or whatever. Um, he just he's not a likable guy. He's so, like, mealy mouthed and, like, indecisive and stuff. And I'm not, I'm not saying the actor. Yeah. The character. You know, like, wait, who would like Dante? <laughs> he's so he's so, you know, he's so mushy. But um, but I don't know. I, I liked Rosario Dawson. I was going to say I, I liked uh, Elias in Clerks 2 as well. I liked like Elias I, too. Yeah, I, I found. I enjoyed his character. I liked his little <laughs> verbal tics and stuff, the way he'd kind of look off in the distance and kind of like stutter a little. I thought that was kind of realistic. Especially like since I grew up in that like youth group, evangelical Christian uh, kind of environment. Yeah. Uh, Elias was definitely like super like I had friends 
I mean, I was somewhat of an Elias at the time <laughs> when I first saw Clerks 2, but I had friends from like young adults group at my church and stuff who were even more Elias-esque than I was. Right. And it, it really felt like like this character didn't come out of nowhere. Like Kevin <laughs> Smith definitely knew people who were this like hardcore Christian, like brought up in like a purity culture Right. Uh, don't have sex till you're married kind of world right. that he was drawing from. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, this is a, a pretty good, uh, uh, funny depiction of, of this kind of world that isn't like overly vitriolic against it. I think, yeah, it actually made Elias likable between him and Randall. Yeah, was the one you were like, yeah, this he's he's like a not he's like a genuine guy. The whole the whole panty troll thing or whatever that was kind of weird. I don't know. That was that took me out of the character. A little. I don't know. I like that part. I thought I thought it was <laughs> funny with laugh. like the I, shining I music slowly yeah. playing underneath. <laughs> and actually, I kind of like Randall's reaction when he was like, "Wait, this guy really believes this." I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, but yeah, that's the one. That's one of the few scenes I think still holds up pretty well and is pretty funny. Is the whole like pillow pants. Uh, and then L- Lister right, Fiend. Lister Fiend, <laughs> right. Lister Fiend her her mouth troll, isn't he? <laughs> so yeah, that part that part st- was one of the few parts that still uh, definitely got a laugh out of me. Um, so yeah, I, I hope he comes back for Clerks Three. I don't. I haven't yeah. read anything about. Uh, I, I liked his performance. Otherwise. Uh, but I, I was going to say, I feel like that's a chance for Kevin Smith to make up for all the homophobia. Make either. Uh, Randall or Elias come out as gay in the next movie and like, you know, deal with that. <laughs> like well, do, yeah. do something around that. I Isn't think. Randall sort of like, um, what's the guy from always sunny Mac? Oh, right? Mac. Yeah, yeah. Right. Cause he has like, you know, Randall's never had a love interest. He watches pornography like as an observer as opposed to like being turned on by it. He just likes. Yeah, with girls with dicks and stuff. Yeah, he just likes watching (laughs) girls with donkeys. He just likes watching weird, sick stuff, not because it turns him on, but just because it like piques his curiosity. He's he has almost like an asexual vibe because remember when um, Emma flashed him? He was like grossed out by it and stuff. So I'd be okay with him in the next one, like. Uh, coming out as like asexual or even like pansexual kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Even if if him and Elias were to hook up, <laughs> great, go for it. <laughs> I think that would be uh, hilarious and kind of a cool idea. That reminds me of something. The this is something that kind of hit my notes. Okay, Dante and Dante's twenty two in Clerks one. He's been dating Caitlin for five years. Then he dated Veronica for seven months. He's been dating Veronica for seven months. He's been faithful to Veronica. Um, I don't think he was faithful to Caitlyn. She wasn't faithful to him. But how did that guy sleep with 12 women? Like, what? Like, how does that time frame work? If he's with Caitlyn since he... Oh, yeah. In, yeah. Like, I don't I don't think <laughs> Kevin Smith thought that through. Yeah, no, that's... it was a very unrealistic number. Because, <laughs> yeah, he would have had to either... <laughs> have cheated on her a bunch of times or they were like right. on again, off again. Yeah. Or exactly. he lost his virginity when he was like 12 or well, something. Right. Exactly. Like, and but I don't 12 and seven, yeah. he slept with like seven people, but you couldn't really believe that. Yeah. That guy. <laughs> um, I, you know, no, yeah. That's one thing about Kevin Smith. Like looking back at sort of like, sort of like the insecurity, the Ben, the Beneflect character has mm. in 
chasing Amy and like that whole like how many people have you slept with how many people have you given blood drops like like that's something I don't know like I'm I'm in my 40s now I I that's something that's so far removed from from me where it's like I would ever care if a girl I was dating slept with 15 or 25 or 35 people but when I was 22 that was the kind of thing that does prey like you know, and you might have only slept with yeah. people by that time, and you're dating a girl who slept with twice as many, fourteen or something. Which I, I not a lot. But. I was gonna say I have a I have a story kind of a, uh, related to that because there was a girl uh, fresh out of college who I kind of liked, and she really mm. liked me. Uh, and then I found out that she was in an orgy at one point, mm. and it just completely destroyed everything. Like I. Right. I, I got really weird about it and then she was really insulted because I got really weird about it right. and then it just ruined my chances with her. So I, uh, yeah, I, I get it. And it's, it's all throughout clerks is like that, that sense that Kevin Smith isn't that sexually experienced. He's yes. weirded out by other, pe- he was raised Catholic. So I think he was a little bit of an Elias himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so he, there's a little bit of, of like that repression and then that repression comes out in like the locker room, uh, yes. like vulgarity of the way that the, yeah. the characters talk ne- to kind of overcompensate right. for like, it's like the way people haven't had that much sex. It's like all they talk right. about <laughs> until you actually do it. And you're like, Oh, well it's not the be all end all of humanity. Now I want to talk about movies or whatever. <laughs> um, I, so yeah, I, there's a lot of that running through clerks and it's the yes. same thing with me. Like I think now if I found out uh, that a girl I was dating, uh, sucked 37 dicks i'd be yeah, like i wouldn't care cool. was it was it all in a row because yeah, tell me about exactly. it that's interesting like yeah that would not the uh, yeah like and i guess i've seen in interviews around the chasing amy time that was very personal i guess he had he had i don't know if he's talking about joey lord adams or someone else but anyway he was in a relationship where the girl was a lot more experienced with him the woman was a lot more experienced than him and had you know, had a few threesomes in her past and stuff like that. And he was completely insecure about it. And like the way the Ben Affleck character acts in, um, in that movie and the way Dante acts to Veronica and to a lesser extent to Caitlin. And I, and I do remember like being in, I don't know, chasing, chasing Amy's like 96 or so, 97, 98, something like that. And I remember in that sort of situation being in like a sophomore in college and maybe only having, I don't want to go too much of my personal life, but like going, you know, being with a few, a handful of women at that time and dating girls who'd been like, um, you know, like, oh yeah, my, my senior year of school, you know, whatever. I was in college. Everyone's coming from different high schools. I remember going out with girls and, mm-hmm. you know, having conversations like that. We're like, yeah, you know, my senior year of college, me and my girlfriend and, you know, hooked up with her boyfriend or something and being kind of like insecure about that. But then after having experienced that sort of thing myself and like, then it's like, yeah, whatever, you know? <laughs> so, you know, it's like, and now, and now it's funny because, um, and again, not to go too into my personal stuff. My girlfriend always like like my girlfriend is sort of like the Ben Affleck character now because she's the one who's like more insecure about my, um, you know, because she's the inexperienced one in their relationship. But yeah, it's like so like I can understand like I understand that. But if I watch that now, there's nothing I can you know, what I mean, like my 21, 22, 18, 19, 23 year old self was like, yeah, the guy, I get the Ben Affleck character. I get the Dante character. 
now I'm like, yeah, you know, whatever. Dante's like 40 now. Like, why is he so still hung up on like ass to mouth or whatever? You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's again, like the stuff that kind of worked in Clerks 1 because they're like 20 and they're immature Mm -hmm. doesn't quite work in Clerks 2. And I think that brings up an interesting point that I noticed, which is like the theme of Clerks 1 is kind of like the inability to move on and the inability uh to kind of accept other people for the way they are. But it's like a cautionary tale. Like Dante isn't able to accept Veronica uh, and he isn't able to move on from his crappy job. And it, and it just kind of, it has that empire strikes back ending that it sort of uh, predicates or like uh, sets up earlier when they're talking about the empire strikes back. And it does kind of have a downer ending. Like it just ends with him and, and Randall arguing. And then they sort of make up at the end and it just sort of ends um, as opposed to Clerks 2, which is less of a cautionary tale and more like celebrating mediocrity. It's weird. Like it's it's almost like being OK with not moving forward in your life instead of like uh, cautioning people like you, you should move away from this crappy job. It's like, no, do the crappy job forever. Like <laughs> I just like thematically clerks 2 just felt really weird to me i was like what is this movie about like i feel like he could have kevin smith could have fixed it if he kind of flipped the roles around like if if the one girlfriend instead of being like come with me to florida i'm moving away and then the other girlfriend was like uh stay here with me because i'm gonna keep working this job if it had been the opposite like uh the one the if the Rosario Dawson character was the one who was moving to Florida and then he had to like kind of decide to go with her and move ahead with his life. And then maybe you could do something else with uh, Randall's character. Like maybe he's the one who buys the quick stop by himself kind of thing. Like, I don't know. I just think there was a, a better way to handle it. I don't know if you I felt agree. the same kind of. I agree 100 percent. There's nothing about the Rosario Dawson character that would make me think she'd be impressed by a guy, um, you know, um, working in a working in a convenience store. And she should be moving forward with her life, too. Like, right. she's also only she was there to pay for chemotherapy exactly. for her uncle or something. Exactly. And she should be doing I don't know, like she and she's going to be what now, like a housewife and just stuck at the quick stop yeah. for the rest of her life. Like that's kind of a, a downer ending <laughs> for her character. And that's never addressed. Right. She's just OK with it. She's the manager, too. Like, whatever. OK, being a burger flipper at that place would be horrible. Being the manager is not a bad job. You know, assistant manager of that job. And and like she even says, she's like, yeah, this isn't my future managing movies. You know, because like you said, she's like, I, I, can't, I started here to pay for the chemo. Now my, was it her grandfather is like, okay now. Um, you know, she's like, re- her character's yeah. ready to move on. But it was like, that's kind of dropped when Dante says he loves her. She's like, I love you too. And then she jumps in his arms. But yeah, it's sort of like the graduate ending, you know, like they're on the bus. Like, what now? Yeah, well, except there isn't. Like, there is none of that moment. They're just all okay with it. Like, I would have preferred if there was, like, a now what I would have preferred her to look at the camera and be like, huh. You know, like, after they finish cleaning. Yeah. If she's like, wait, 
This is what I want out of life. So the, the whole movie, she has these strong convictions about being against marriage. and Right. Uh, and they just throw this, that all away. And all this stuff. And I c- kind of agree with her. Yeah. And, and then she just she just throws it out at the end of the movie. It has this weirdly it ends weirdly like conservatively and traditionally. Right. Um, I, I find that with a lot of Kevin Smith stuff, he, it like presents as being very liberal because it's all about right, like but instead dick it's, jokes and yeah. shit. <laughs> but at its core, it's actually very conservative and almost a little bit misogynistic. Like I noticed right. rewatching Clerks, like Silent Bob at the end, like warns him like, oh, you should stay with the girl who brings you lasagna because so right, many girls exactly. are going to cheat on you. Yeah, there's a million beautiful like, girls in the world. That's like guys cheat, too. Like, that's a weirdly yeah. misogynistic thing to, like, warn someone about, like, just stay with the girl's good wife material. Yeah. She'll, kinda, she'll bake kinda, you cookies and shit. <laughs> and it really discounts the Veronica character. The Veronica character, she's like she's a university student. She's getting her degree. You know, she's a lot more than just someone who brings yeah. on you. She's a really like. But her value is defined by the nice things that she's yeah, able to do for her man, basically. <laughs> I, I actually, it's funny too, because that was actually one thing I didn't remember on the rewatch. I remember Rosario Dawson's in the movie, and I remember like the little love triangle, but I had completely forgotten that she was pregnant after the one night so did i yeah that was weird and i didn't like it like I, I didn't think that was necessary i would have liked it a lot more if they didn't throw the pregnancy thing in like if they had slept together and he was having second thoughts like obviously these characters have chemistry they love each other blah, blah, blah. um she tells him she loves him as as a friend and he likes her more than the wife character you know i would have actually liked it more without shoehorning in like oh by the way i'm pregnant you know like like, yeah, it wasn't it actually, necessary. It, it took think. me out of it at that point. Because like, like I said, I kind of was I was kind of relating a little bit to that story. And the Rosario Dawson character was kind of reminding me of um, people I know, like friends of mine and stuff. I was like, yeah, you know, I kind of see like that you have the friends, you know, <laughs> like you have your girlfriend. And you're like, you're like, hey, what if me and my friend were together? Like, would be would be be a good couple. But yeah, then it's like they're together because she's pregnant. Like, I don't know. I just... <laughs> Yeah, again, like weirdly conservative ending. Yes. For an otherwise very anti-conservative film. Like, yeah, I that part I didn't I didn't really like either. I also thought this is just a minor nitpick, but I thought it was weird that Randall also was painting Rosario Dawson's nails. I was like, this. Yes. This feels like a weird throwback. Like in the first movie, he's painting the girl's nails. Yes. I just thought it was just a a cute thing that he did for this one person. But I guess does he have like a foot fetish? Because it seems like he does this for every girl. Yeah, because it's weird. She's <laughs> like, like, yes, is he it's... like Quentin Tarantino? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, is your last? She's like, it's your last day, but we can still do what we do. And like then she holds the nail polish up, and like I didn't. I actually didn't. Put the two. Into, I actually watched Clerks two first before watching Clerks, and then I saw the Veronica nail polish scene, and I was like, okay, that's a nice little callback. Kind of, kind of weird though. Like, kind of. But yeah, kind of shoehorned in. Like. <laughs> yeah, and then then I was like, oh, okay, that's why that was there and stuff, and I don't know. Um, I there there's this yeah. like. There, they, the movie tells you how often that Dante is her best friend and Dante is such a, uh, you know, 
without them telling us, I don't think I would have got that vibe, you know, because just Dante is such such a such a I wouldn't say he's an unlikable character, but he's just such like an indecisive like which I guess is his character, which works because Randall in the first movie calls him out on it multiple times. You know, that you're you're just this, you know, you let people push you around or whatever. And then Rosario Dawson calls him out multiple times. You're only marrying Emma because that was the girl you couldn't get in high school, which, again, he slept with 12 girls in high school, including Julie, <laughs> who was like beautiful. Yeah. So that's not actually true. Dante actually Dante was actually very successful um, sexually in, in high school. So that part didn't really work. Um, and again, I think that's where Kevin Smith probably didn't really stop and think. Like, okay, 12 is a... 12 for this character is way too high. It should be, like, 2. Kate yeah. Veronica, you know? Um, and his third should have been his wife, and his fourth should have been uh, Rosario Dawson. That would have been a more realistic... Um, yeah. You know? <laughs> but, yeah, because, like, her whole thing was, like, yeah... You only, you're only with Emma because she reminds you of the girls you couldn't get in high school. And she's with you because now that she's been with all, like, the, the popular handsome guys, she realizes she wants to be with, like, the guy who actually treats her nicely. Which, yeah, that's not really Dante. You know, that, that's, you know, but that's a kind of Kevin Smith writing. Yeah, like, that's kind of the way that I thought the world worked Again, when I was like 21, 22 and I had no experience and I thought that all girls were rejecting me because I was too nice. Right. Which is which is a huge problem with a lot of guys on the Internet. Um, Yeah. If anyone's listening to this and you think (laughs) you deserve sex because you're nice, that's not how that's not how the world works. (laughs) (laughs) That's not you should do nice things just to be nice. Like you shouldn't do it and then expect the person to go out with you simply (laughs) because you're a nice person. Right. Um, Eventually, if you are a nice person, people will go out with you because you are nice. Like they'll they'll recognize that quality in you kind of thing. Um, But yeah, again, it kind of shows this weird like regressive or like failure to progress, I guess, on on Kevin Smith's part that has then bled into like every film he's made since. Yes. Uh, I I forced myself to watch Tusk and Yoga Hosers and the movies he's made uh, more recently. And I did not like them at all. Both awful. Well, like I said, I talked about this off air, but I I've seen them. I I didn't make it all the way through Tusk. I thought it was so terrible. And I did watch Yoga Hosers in completion, but only because it was sort of running in the background when I was doing some work or something. It was horrible. Mm. It's 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 like horror <laughs> comedy that's neither funny nor scary, which is a really really, yeah. really bad place to be. Like you have you yeah. seen Slither by Ga- James Gunn? Yeah, I like Slither. I, I love Slither. James Gunn does. He does horror comedy well. <laughs> he's a good him or like Sam Raimi is a good exit. Like yes. these are people who are capable of actually doing both. Like you can laugh and, and scream at the same time kind of. Thing. I think they're both funny and scary. And also I think they have some of the like kind of great Kevin Smith Smith esque dialogue that like you need out of horror comedy. Tusk and Yoga Hosers had neither. There was not like any sort of even like okay, Clerks has a lot of great dialogue, memorable, quotable scenes. Clerks two has less, but 
it still had some scenes that made me laugh. Tusk and um, Yoga Hosers had no like no cleverness to them, like no. No, not really. You know, and, and like I, I'm not a Kevin Smith fan, but if you know what I'm looking for, I'm looking for that sort of Kevin Smith Tarantino esque sort of monologue kind of like, okay, this movie's not good, but like, I like like I can say that some Kevin Smith movies. The movie's not good, but I liked this monologue. I like Chasing Amy. I yeah, extremely flawed movie. But there's certain scenes I can pull pull up and say, yeah, this was really well written and this is really clever. Tarantino, I, I don't think Tarantino's made a bad movie, and even like the ones I like the least have all of that going for them. But Yoga Hosers and Tusk had nothing going for them for me. Yeah, I think the big difference is like Quentin Tarantino is a an excellent writer. He yes. can write all this really good dialogue, and he's also an excellent filmmaker. Yes. He knows how to set up a shot basically yes uh, kevin smith is a is a good writer in certain contexts in certain contexts um, i actually think yes. i think he's a really good comic book writer i've read some of his comics okay. that he's written and they're actually like some of his batman stuff and stuff is actually surprisingly good uh so in the right context he can he can write really well but he's not that good of a director in terms of like filming the movie itself it seems like he doesn't enjoy filming that much it seems like he's yeah. more about the pre-production making the script and he he edits all of his own movies so he seems to like post-production <laughs> i think he likes putting the film together after it's filmed but i don't think he actually enjoys being on set and telling actors what their motivations are and setting up the shot and the lighting and all that sort of stuff um, yeah. i also noticed um Along those lines with like the filmmaking, I mean, Clerks one, we already mentioned hat was in black and white and blah, 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 because of the budgetary limitations. But Clerks two didn't have that, but it still had that like and th this is a problem and I'll probably go on a rant about it. <laughs> but like early 2000s just had ugly cinematography for me, like almost every movie from 2000 to 2009 has this ugly like brownish gray uh, greenish like trying to rip off the matrix kind mm, of quality yeah. to it <laughs> and clerks 2 should be this bright vibrant film and the only scene that captures that is uh where they're dancing to the jackson 5 it kind of brightens up for just that one moment yeah i noticed that movie, yeah the rest of the movie is like this ugly gray bleach bypass kind of look and i was like i don't remember this movie being that ugly but it's probably because when i watched it it was still the early 2000s so every movie looked like that but <laughs> looking back on it in hindsight i'm like like I, I i do not like this i kind of noticed the same thing when i was watching i rewatched all four die hard movies i don't count the fifth one because it sucks <laughs> but I was uh, like back around 2019. I wanted to to watch them with the girl I was dating at the time. And Die Hard 4 has the same problem. It had that it came out around the same time as Clerks 2. I think it was 2007 ish. Kevin Smith is in it, actually. And it has the same like ugly brownish greenish barf colored sepia tone <laughs> <laughs> look to it. So nice. Yeah, I'm. I'm glad that we kind of like moved past that in terms of like the way films look because uh, I'm not a fan of that. I did notice that like 
he does like Kevin Smith did experiment with a few different techniques. There's more crane shots in clerks too. There's like a shot, an overhead shot of them walking out of the, the store. And like when Dante finds out that Rosario Dawson is pregnant, it does like that weird camera rotating around him and Randall. And then it like cuts back and it's rotating the opposite way. But it was kind of like semi nauseating. <laughs> right. Worked, right. I, I think they did that a lot in the Ocean's Eleven movies and it works a lot better in those. In here, I was just kind of uh, distracted by it. I don't know. Did you notice like the, the filmmaking aspects, I guess, at all of of uh, these two movies or how they how they kind of juxtaposed against each other? Yeah, yeah. Like, actually, I was thinking that, too, because the black and white works a lot in Clerks um, because, yeah, Clerks 2 is not an attractive looking movie. No, Just, <laughs> like the skin tone alone of like Dante and Randall's really just they have like a really awful purplish pinkish color to them. Like, it's just, like, they're, I don't know, it just kind of has that, like, harsh look of, you know, just, like, a harsh look, I guess, if, for lack of... Yeah, it looks like it's just one light being pointed right yeah, at them. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Instead of, like, having, you know how, like, normally there's, like, a key light and a fill light and a backlight. Right. And blah, blah, blah. This just looked like one really it looked like everything was lit with really bright sunlight. And then in post-production, they tried to do some color grading. And yeah. It just, and it just yeah. like, it, it looked like they had like razor burn or something. They had just like a really horrible tone. I don't, I don't know. I had a lot yeah. of that. That was one thing I want to say, though. I, I the clerk's version that I saw, um, I, I assume it must have been clerk's X. Because we talked a little bit about this um, before the show. Um, it had the animated funeral scene, which is 10 minutes of my life I wish I had back. Um, it, it, it didn't <laughs> add to the scene. Uh, I, I, I did, like I did tell you off, off air, I think the scene is fine as like a standalone. It doesn't fit within the within the hour and 40 minute movie. It's like that. Yeah, because it, it's just not funny. Like there's a dogma reference in there. There's an Alyssa Jones reference. There's a Walmart. Like you can tell it's just written for fan service and to like expand the universe or whatever, um, which is fine. But like do that, like re- release that on the ViewSQ site or something. Um, it just it wasn't funny. Um, I think actually I think that scene is from the Clerks animated series. Oh, OK. If I'm not mistaken, which I actually I've only seen Clerks animated once, mm. but I really liked it. Interesting. <laughs> I think I like the Clerks animated series more than I like Clerks 2 now, actually, hmm. uh, from what I remember of it. Uh, I like you. I have a friend who's a lot more into Kevin Smith than I am, but right. he actually he quotes the Clerks animated series, I think, more than he quotes actual Clerks. Like he watches that series like at least once a year. I mean, it's only six episodes, so it's I was like, about to ask that how long of a run. It's like three hours for the entire series. It's sure. not very long. Uh, and it and it is very it has a lot of bizarre, weird, self-referential humor, which is uh, what I think was kind of showing up in that scene. Yes. 
But yeah, it wouldn't it wouldn't work within it would be really jarring. I I just watched regular clerks, but I could imagine that scene within yeah. clerks. All of a sudden it's in color and they're animated. Yeah. It would be so jarring. I had to turn it off for a second because I thought like my like I had like a weird copy or something that was gonna like 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 maybe they only had the first hour of actual clerks and then it switched to the animated series. Like I was like kinda worried, like it was something like that. But no. Then I then I kinda did a little research. I was like, okay, he originally wrote that scene. Um, but they didn't have the budget to do another location, and so they cut it out. And you know, I, I guess if I was watching Clerks for the first time, it would have been jarring just to go into anime. And I'd probably, if I was watching it for the first time, I'd be like, "Wait, who's Alyssa Jones? Who are the Ben Affleck and Matt Damon angel characters? Like, this is I don't get it." But um, watching it from the point of view where I did understand all that, I was like, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, great. Yes. This is more of, this is more proof that this exists within the same universe as the other films, which I already know. Like I already know Alyssa's yeah. sisters in the next <laughs> it's scene. It's like a George Lucas, like where he takes, where he took stuff from the star Wars prequels yeah. and like CGI'd it into the original star exactly. Wars movies to like connect them yes. more to each other. It's exactly. like, I, I don't need this. Like, it, you should have done the opposite. Like the stuff from the original series should more of it should have been in the prequels exactly. instead of <laughs> having to like retcon and change the movie that already came out. I'm not, I'm not a fan <laughs> of that sort of thing. Or like another example is, uh, I don't know if you've seen it, but the director's cut of the warriors has like these weird comic book kind of inserts mm. or, or like the the transitions between scenes like turns into a comic book for some reason Ooh. and again it's just it's really jarring and unnecessary, unnecessary like the entire yeah. rest of the movie is the same i love that <laughs> i guess movie, the director so. just wanted that's what he wanted originally was for there to right. be like a comic book type of thing oh, in the opening w- scene. walter hill right it was the director yeah yeah he's great and it's the the same thing. It's like a George Lucas type of thing where you can't find the original sure. version of the Warriors like is, anywhere. Yeah. Uh, but luckily, you can still you can at least find Clerk's original version. You sure. don't have to watch Clerk X. So I think, and I've never seen Clerk's X. So it's interesting that that's the the version you found. Yeah, and the interesting thing is, I I like after I do a little research, like I look like there's like a, I guess it's twelve minute twelve minutes longer, but like 10 minutes is that scene alone. So it was an overly long scene too. It just kept on going. But um, I looked at what the other differences were. It was like, you know, 19 seconds of Dante looking longer at this, you know, bag of potato chips. You know, it was just like tiny little, little differences like that. So it oh, wasn't yeah. like, there's nothing else of, um, you know, and, and then of course, uh, you know, not to, um, not to jump uh, I guess you you must be aware of the original ending where Dante gets killed, right? Uh, yeah, I think was that how like did he ever film that or was yes. that just how it was yes. scripted? Yeah, you can find it on YouTube and you can download oh. that version. It's called like Clerk's First Take or something. Um, it's a little bit oh, more okay. raw overall, but the again it's like three seconds here, four seconds here. But the big difference is after Randall says you're closed, someone else comes in. And they're like, he's like, hey, sorry, we're closed. And then, like, it's a close-up of him. He looks scared. And then he's shot. And then he falls. And the guy, like, takes the money out the register and runs away. And then, like, no music. Fade to black. 
Um, I'm very glad he didn't like that. Would have been a stupid ending. I, 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 I actually, you know, some, you know, like okay, season eight, Game of Thrones ruined the whole series. I would actually think if I had watched Clerks, like whenever I watched it for, for 1995, if Dante had died in the end, I'd probably be like, fuck this movie, this is stupid. You know what I mean? Like it would probably, probably <laughs> would have just been like that was so unnecessary. You know, it's just um, yeah. Like, why end this movie on down notes, kind of thing. So um, I'm really glad he didn't go ahead. It's already kind of a downer ending, like I said. Yeah. Because he's so unable to move forward in his life. Mm -hmm. I kind of get why he would have wanted to kill him. I I think he's kind of doing a thing where, like, uh, again, it's a cautionary tale. Like, he's not he's not moving forward. He's he's cheated on the one girl or going to cheat on the one girl with the other girl. Mm -hmm. And then his come up and says that he just dies at the end. Right. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm kind of glad they just cut it out and left the ending a little bit more uh, ambiguous. I don't know if that was just like, uh, yeah, I don't know if that was someone else like Scott Mosier or somebody saying like, hey, we should uh, leave this out of the movie, or if he it didn't test well or something. Like could if he be it didn't it to test his well. Friends and they didn't like that. Yeah. Also, also he could have thought, hey, I could you know if this is, if this thing ever makes a dime, I could bring these characters back. Which obviously he did several, several times. Dante Hicks has been in a lot of movies. <laughs> I'm wondering if that was like Smith's plan from the beginning was to always just to build this kind of universe or mm. something. But I was thinking about if Kevin Smith had made Clerks around the same uh, around like when Clerks 2 came out, if he was more of like more part of this like new school of directors. Yeah, uh, he would definitely be one of those people that gets like like makes something like Clerks and then gets snagged by Marvel or DC, and then his second movie is like a big two hundred million dollar like Marvel <laughs> movie. That that seems to be the thing now is like uh, these yeah. people make like one small independent movie that nobody sees, but right. it's it's really good and it reviews really well. And then Marvel says, "Here, I'll give you three hundred million dollars." Yeah. And, you don't worry about the fight scenes and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> we'll take care of it. Just like worry about directing the actors and, and that sort of thing, because it's easier. They can, if you have an established director, you can't control them as much. They're going to want to kind of, uh, th- they know what their creative vision is at that point. Right. They're going to want to do that. Uh, but these young guys, they're just eager for work. So I feel like Kevin Smith, would have become one of these types of directors. But instead, since it was the 90s and we didn't really have any superhero movies except for those like Tim Burton Batman movies that we already talked about. (laughs) Right, right. uh, (laughs) uh, Instead, he just ended up making Mallrats, which was kind of the same movie again, but just with a bigger budget. Right. That being said, there was that uh, there was that Superman movie that Kevin Smith wrote and Tim Burton was going to direct with like Nicolas Cage as Superman or something. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so the the Marvel DC like snagging him and making him write a movie thing almost happened. It could have happened. Is interesting. <laughs> it was like the proto version of basically what they're doing now with all these young like Chloe Zhao. I think is directing the next Marvel movie and stuff. So right. I I, I remember actually my friend my friend who's obsessed with the the Kevin Smith universe. He had actually, and, you know, this is going back, this is, you know, this is 1995, 96, maybe or so. He actually created a website 
um, basically outlining all like the little in rep, like, you know, the, the number 37 shows up a few times in Mallrats and in uh, Chasing Amy and obviously Alyssa Jones. She's mentioned in Clerks. Julie Dwyer is mentioned in Mallrats. Obviously, you know, you know, beyond the obvious of like Silent Bob and Jay showing up in these other movies, like there's a there's a million little dialogue references or something where like, you know, Caitlin, not Caitlin, um, or maybe Ka- Caitlin or Veronica mentioned some guy she used to date and that guy's name comes up again. And this guy like meticulously, you know, and, and nowadays you, there's probably, you know, whatever, there's probably 20 websites to have. But he was actually one of the yeah. first or maybe not, I don't want to say he's the first, but he actually even got recognition from Scott Mosher and Kevin Smith. And just for doing that and stuff like that. And, like, there was a bit of, like, you know, that that didn't really happen in movies that much. You didn't really have this shared universe. Yeah, I was going to say, because now there's a hundred websites, but they're not for Kevin Smith movies. They're for all the Marvel movies. Right. And, like, oh, this guy was in The Incredible Hulk, and then he yes. shows up again in Avengers 2, yeah. and then he shows up again in Thor 3, and blah, blah, blah. Uh so it's it's interesting too that Kevin Smith kind of had like a proto cinematic yeah. universe before that was really popular. Mm-hmm. It wasn't really a, a big thing back then. My favorite scene in um, Chasing Amy was the uh, the scene where the 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 loser from high school was talking about when he had the threesome with Rick Darius, who obviously is in Clerks, and Alyssa Jones, who's referenced in Clerks, and uh, I don't think they're referencing Clerks too. Oh, I, f- I forgot about that. I haven't seen Chasing Amy in uh, years. So. Th- this is one of these scenes I pull it up. I, I, I actually it. pull it up once in a while on uh, um, uh, like YouTube because it's a funny scene. The guy's named uh, Coey Jones. He's just like a complete like Jersey trash guy. And they're playing a public enemy song, Ain't Got Nothing For You Man, in the background. And like it's shot from like down below. And he's like, his hands removed. He's like, Alyssa Jones? Yeah, Alyssa Jones. Let me tell you about Alyssa Jones. And like, it's just a very funny scene <laughs> where it's just him in the frame. It's like a whole, you don't see Jason Lee talking to him. You don't see Ben Affleck. And it's just, it's, and then Jason Lee is telling Ben Affleck that like, no, she's not some innocent version that's only been with women. You know, she was this, you know, she slept around in school and um, Coey Jones told me. And then Ben Affleck confronts her later about it. But anyway, I thought that was like one of the funniest. Uh, I'll send you a link later, but I thought that was one of the funniest um, scenes. And then in that one scene alone, there's like 10 clerks references. You know, it's sort of like Rick Davis, uh, Alyssa Jones, you know, uh, all the all the things you see in, in clerks. So. Alyssa Jones? Shit, I know Alyssa Jones. I mean, I know Alyssa Jones. You know what I'm saying? Me and Rick Darris used to hang out a while, right? Just hanging around her house after school and shit. Because her parents were like never home and shit, right? But one day Rick just whips it out and starts rubbing it on her leg and shit, chasing it around the living room. I was dying. But you know what the crazy bitch did? She fucking drops to her knees and just starts sucking them off right in front of me like I wasn't even there, man. I almost died. But that's not the fucked up part. The fucked up part was Rick, man, right in the middle of it, turns to me and he pointed at her and he says, Goey. Just like that, Goey. So I'm like, yo, I'll give it a shot. So I start pulling her pants down and shit all slow because I figure any second she's going to turn around and belt me in the mouth, right? But yo, check this shit out, man. She's all into it, man. She don't try to stop me or nothing. She's all wet and shit and I just start going to work. You know what I'm saying? Me and Rick are going to town on this crazy bitch 
she's just loving it. All morning and shit, it was fucked up. So Rick's the one to come up with the nickname, because that day she had us locked in tight from both sides like a pair of goddamn Chinese finger cuffs. Kind of, you know, like you said, it's, 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 now it's sort of the cinematic universes are a thing, but I don't know. Did that happen? Did that, like, I remember, I remember actually talking to you a little bit ago. It was saying that there's a new Shia Buff movie that exists in the training day universe where like a few characters from training day show up in the training day is what 20 years old. That's, that's so weird. <laughs> yeah. And it happens. I don't even, I don't even know the same director. But like, I, I, I don't think Kevin Smith was the first to ever do that. Kind of like, oh wait, this guy exists in this universe too, kind of thing. But I, I just, I, I think it was very clever how he did it. Yeah. Someone who's twenty years old would be like, yeah, whatever. That's kind of, that happens. But I think at the time where my friend was like, oh look, watch this scene again. Listen to the what she says, and that's the same last name. Because Tarantino did that, right? Like you had Vic, Vincent Vega. And- yeah, his his movies, a lot of them, I think some of them take place within the movie universe, yes. which is like like Pulp Fiction, Reservoir Dogs, that it, sort of it's thing in the where same they're all world, connected. Right, yeah. And then there's ones that are in the quote-unquote like movie movie universe, which is like these are the movies that the people in the movie universe watch. So like right, exactly. The people in Reservoir Dogs, if they went to a blockbuster, they could rent Kill Bill, for right. example, because that's part right. of the movie movie universe. Right, I think that's a um, pretty clever. And it, and I think we t- we talked before about Todd Salons as well. Kind of oh, yes. was starting yes, right example. around the same time as Kevin Smith, and he had the same thing where every single Todd Salons movie is connected to every other Todd right. Salons movie. Even though the actors, albeit with change. different actors, yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> like um, what's the one? okay happiness? What's the life and love in wartime? What's the what's his what's his uh, life during wartime. I life think, during is wartime. The, is right. Like the sequel. That's the only one that's like a direct sequel. Right. But with uh, completely different the, actors. It's like a sequel to happiness. Yeah. And not only different actors, like it's the, the, who played, who played the, 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 the dad. Um, anyway, the dad is basically a completely different character. I forget. Yeah. He's, he's like, re- he's completely reinterpreted, but I think Kieran Hines plays it, plays him during life during wartime. And I don't remember if I was wondering happiness. Uh, kind of a famous guy. He's in the other stuff. But yeah, like... In- yeah, but I, I can't think of his name. <laughs> right, I can recognize him. I can picture him in my head. But yeah, they, they yeah. completely change... I guess they change the character based on the actor in a way. Like, um, it's the same name. It's the same person. Yeah. He's experienced the same history. But now he's played by a different person who's interpreting the character differently. Like, um... Like the Philip Seymour Hoffman character changes into, I think, the guy from The Wire, right? He changes into uh, into Omar from I The can't Wire. Remember who plays him? Yeah, it's anyway. It's not, not even the same race, you know. And actually, within in the movie Palindromes, there's one character that's played by like five different people within right, the same within movie. Within the same movie, <laughs> yes, I really like that. So movie. it gets even more confusing. But yeah, I, I like the fact that Todd Salons has those little connections and stuff and i think uh the only the only actor who actually appeared the same twice is uh what's her selma blair okay yes in, uh, storytelling and then her character reappears in the movie dark horse and it's actually her like she's the only actor yes who has actually worked with with todd yes. salons twice yeah because doesn't w- wiener girl die right 
or something. Yeah, it's I, I don't understand the continuity of his films. But yeah, yeah Don Wiener at the beginning of of Dark Horse is dead. But right. then in Wiener Dog, she's alive, she's alive again. again. She's one of the main characters. Right. It's not Heather. It makes no sense. I can't remember. Is, is it Heather Maserato again or whatever her name is? Or is it is it a new actress? Uh, no, I don't remember who plays her oh, okay. in Wiener Dog. I should watch that. I've, I've seen, I think, all of his movies except for that one. And I really liked Wiener Dog. It was better than it was better than like the three movies that led up to it. Yeah. Um, I know we're getting away from Kevin Smith yeah. now, but I'm a big Todd. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just I like talking about yeah. <laughs> Todd Salons with you because most people have not sat down to watch all of his movies. So I would say if you've if you've listened this far and you right. are a Kevin Smith fan and you like that kind of thing where the movies are connected to each other and you have not watched Todd Salon's films yet. He's like the grown up, darker version yes. of Kevin Smith. <laughs> I think everyone, everyone should watch Todd Salon movies. I would love like I would love Todd Salon's and Wes Anderson to become more popular. Yeah. Wes Anderson is pretty well known, especially in like the college film student right. crowd, I think. Right. They're all obsessed with like at least when I was in in uh, broadcasting school in college, like it, people were obsessed with Wes Anderson uh, and Kevin Smith and as Kevin well. Smith, like he was right. a name that popped up a lot in like my screenwriting class and stuff like that. Uh, but nobody ever talked about Todd Salon. No. Like I just sort of found out about him almost by accident. I think one of my friends was obsessed with Welcome to the Dollhouse. So I watched that first, and then I slowly started to get into his other stuff. But yeah, I saw Welcome to the Dollhouse in, in a theater in college. I don't know, nineteen ninety eight. Oh, interesting. And I was like, "Holy cow! I love this movie! Like, this is like the movie like like I haven't seen something like this before." So then I went into his stuff a little bit deeper afterwards. Yeah, it's very his films make you feel very uncomfortable. Yes, I would say. Yes, uh, but like in a good way in a good way yeah in a in a challenging good way not like in a soft yeah. kind of grimy way so yeah i guess i i don't know i feel like i've said everything that i thought of when i was re-watching yeah. clerks and clerks too i i enjoyed my rewatches. you know like i, I like i like mm. i agree with you as far as clerks too i don't like i like a lot of times i watch these movies thinking because i have seen most of the movies we've covered on this uh show i've seen before Couple, a couple of exceptions, but I think to myself, like, okay, what would, like, how would my girlfriend view this movie? Being a, you know, um, 15 years younger than me in Colombian, not having grown up with these movies, not having grown up within the culture of these movies, not, you know, like, if she was just mm. to see this standing alone, not understanding sort of this Jersey convenience store subculture or any of that. From her perspective, would she just enjoy this movie as it stands? And I would probably say she might get a couple laughs, but probably wouldn't enjoy either of them. Just from a, just from her age and culture, like there wouldn't be a lot for her to get out of them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're not. I mean, that's why Kevin Smith's films don't make like a ton of money. Like right, you can't right. port them over to China and put them in Chinese, like. Chinese people would be like, what are they talking about? Like, <laughs> I've never seen Star Wars. Like, Star yes. Wars is not popular in China. So they, exactly. would, they would be like, I don't understand all these references. This movie's stupid. Exactly. Um, she, she would feel the so same So, yeah, way. really, culturally, yeah, it really only works uh, within, like, this yeah. small pocket of North America. Yeah, I went to high school. I graduated high school in 96. Kevin Smith and I are about the same. He's probably a few years. He's a few years older. 
Um, but we're about the yeah, he's like early 70s. I think he was born like 70. Right, exactly. Maybe six or seven years. Yeah. So we kind of grew up in the same sort of experience. My girlfriend wouldn't see that sort of slacker 90s Dante and Randall feel aimless in life kind of thing and have any the Gen X it. vibe. Yes, <laughs> there would be no like, wow, I, like, like kind of like the way I could tell you I could look at the Veronica and Caitlin, uh, Caitlin Love Triangle, look at the Becky, and I kind of like, there's some, I can kind of relate to that in certain ways. Certain ways I, I might have used to be able to relate to the Ben Affleck character in Chasing Amy that I no longer do. All these things are lost on her. Those are not, you know, Kevin Smith is not writing for her, <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, he's he's writing for like 20-year-old college guys from yes. Toronto. And he still is. <laughs> he hasn't yeah, stopped. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. So yeah, I would say I, I rewatching them. I liked Clerks. Like it wasn't perfect. Yeah, I still like. Uh, again, some of the parts haven't held up, but but I still enjoyed Clerks quite a bit. I mm-hmm. would be willing to watch Clerks again. Yes. Clerks two, I would be okay with not ever watching it again for the rest of my life. I agree, and, and I didn't get into, <laughs> we didn't get into much about the donkey scene, but let's just touch on that for a little bit. When I first saw that in the theater, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, now I, this movie lost me. Because, like, up until that point, I felt like, okay, this is sort of grounded in some sort of reality. I can kind of, you know, having worked in fast food, having worked in that, like, like there's some of the things I could relate to. Like you said, the, the Elias character, he wasn't like some hateful depiction of the religious guy. There's a lot of realism to that character. But once, like, okay, there's a live donkey show in a fast like. I, yeah. <laughs> like the, the envelope yeah. pushed too far. I like I didn't even think like that the characters would be sitting there drinking beer watching it. I think that I like I, I can't like the fact that Rosario Dawson character wanted to walk back in because she just couldn't take her eyes off the show. I was like, I don't know. That's just like that's just too a man having sex with a donkey is just too far removed from the reality of these characters and the thing what they would actually enjoyable you know randall watching hermaphrodite porn in part one i got that but a live donkey show i was like all right it's a step too far step too ridiculous um but that being said i didn't hate it as much this time around the first time around like i said it kind of turned me off to the movie this time i guess i knew it was coming so i was like all right well they're gonna have this nonsense but at least I'm prepared for it this time, as opposed to before, where I was just sort of viscerally turned off by it. Where I was like, eh, I don't want to watch this movie anymore. I don't mm. want to watch these characters anymore. You know? Um, so, I don't know. That That's sort of my take on that. Yeah, it didn't, it didn't really add enough to the movie. No, and it's not funny. Like there's, no, there's, yeah. like, there's nothing about it funny, I think, was part of the problem. If you're going to be that over the top and shocking and gross, be funny. Yeah, I I mean it didn't it didn't bug me as much as the aforementioned uh, homophobia, especially yeah. from Randall. Like, especially from Randall, who's uh, a character. He's like. talking about like I don't want to jerk off because some guy will find me and will like force my cock into his mouth or whatever. And I <laughs> yeah, was like, that was really that's just a, that's unnecessary. Like yes. that, that's so pointless and homophobic yeah so the yeah the donkey scene didn't bug me as much as that sort of stuff but it's 
Yeah, I found it a lot funnier, I think, when I was younger and it was more shocking right, at the time. Right, and right. now I'm like, this is just kind of stupid. Yeah, <laughs> kind of stupid is, I guess, a good. But like you said, it kind of takes you out of the clerks is supposed to exist in like not really a heightened reality. It's in it's in more of like it's very grounded in like, like I said, that Gen X uh, slacker kind of mentality where we're just going to like chill at work and talk about star Wars for four hours. Right. Uh, but then I think what happened is Kevin Smith's films do kind of go into the donkey show, like heightened yes. reality kind of thing as they progress. Like mall rats has a lot of that mall rats yes. has like they're shooting batterings and stuff. Yes. And I guess the animated series is completely that. Yeah, yeah, but uh, I mean, it works because it's animated. It's animated. Um, but then, yeah, by the time he got to Clerks 2, he's kind of straddling that line of like, OK, I want to make it like the first Clerks in terms of like being kind of grounded in reality and being about these guys who are unable to do anything successful with their life, uh, which side point, it's kind of funny. This movie came out in 2006, right before the economy crashed, because I was thinking, right. like, if this was 2009, they'd be happy to have these crappy <laughs> right. uh, jobs like Jason Lee wouldn't be coming in, making fun of them for working right, for at a fast food website, place when yeah. they're 32. There'd be like a 70 year old man working next to them. Exactly. Probably. But anyways. But yeah, it had that sort of mentality. But he's also trying to balance it with the fact that the Universe movies have gotten progressively more unrealistic and i think that's where like the donkey show kind of stuff comes in uh and even the fact that it takes place at a movies which is introduced in dogma and uh, stuff like that so it has more of the the rest of the Askew universe is kind of bleeding into it as opposed to clerks it's completely untainted by all of that stuff which is probably why that one 10 minute scene with all those references and stuff felt so out of place because yes. the rest of clerks is so unconcerned with the right. building a universe <laughs> exactly <or whatever>. exactly <laughs> there's no need for callbacks <laughs> yeah because it's the first one which is the, which is the nice thing about it exactly and it wasn't like he was planning on oh my next movie like i don't think he thought it was going to be successful so he wasn't right. planning on my next movie is going to be mall rats so i better think ahead and have a scene after the credits where the mall rats guys show up <laughs> right. like they would do with Iron Man or something exactly. like that. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, I would say overall Clerks holds up fairly well. Fairly well. Uh, like I would watch it again. Clerks 2 not so much. Not too much. <laughs> and especially if I it, I'd forgotten how yeah. much all the stuff about Clerks 2 that was so mean-spirited. Oh, and we didn't even get into the racism like, scene, which I know he's subverting that. You know, I understand it's not Oh, yeah, yeah. But if you have any sort of any sort of trigger trigger warning or whatever the term is, with the n-word it's used quite often um you know and it's used by a character you're supposed to like so um yeah i i would say um you know I, i'm not a, i'm not offended by it but i know yeah that part didn't bother me as much just because of how like you said how he subverted yes, it he's not and there was Wanda Sykes is there and she yes. gets all offended by it. No, she, so. she, she and her husband were the yeah. character playing her husband were great in that. Um, that scene. I, I actually, I feel that scene worked a lot more than the homophobia scenes, which are more just flat out. Yeah. Just like, 
hey, it's scary to be gay. You know, it's scary to be a guy in this world because if you, yeah, you and could Elias be is like, oh, I don't like cocks. I like pussy. Exactly. This yeah. kind of thing. Like, yeah, there's definitely. I, I think if he did, if he had a gay character in there, maybe it would have helped, but probably not that much. Probably not because they would have probably just ended up being like the butt of every joke, right? Kind of exactly. thing. So exactly. <laughs> Again, I think it's something if Kevin Smith is smart, it's something that he can rectify. Yes. In Clerks three but i i doubt that he will which i gotta <laughs> I say that's not a movie i don't I'm have looking, the highest hopes. i'm not looking forward to clerks three like when, when i read that i, I found it interesting. yeah so, like jeff anderson out jeff anderson in from like just a business standpoint but from a fan standpoint i i'm perfectly happy with these characters ending their journey the way they ended it in character in clerks two like i i'm not saying i wouldn't watch it I just like there's no like oh cool you know kind of like there's there's a lot of other franchises where if you tell me a third movie's coming yeah like oh sweet that's awesome or that's interesting for this it's like yeah whatever yeah it's how I felt when the Jay and Silent Bob reboot yeah happened, which I haven't I, seen I didn't care that much and it's not that good it was right. <laughs> it was very it was the whole movie is just nonstop callbacks and yeah, like exactly. unnecessary unfunny callbacks to previous kevin smith movies that were funnier when he did them before strike back i actually liked um but i only really liked the hollywood scenes like i liked this the goodwill hunting too i thought that was clever but i didn't think the whole journey and the whole shannon elizabeth as the ninja i, I didn't like any of that stuff um, but I thought like the Hollywood parody scenes were pretty funny. Um, but like, like I said, like I, the, the friend of mine who's obsessed with that universe was like, Oh, that's Brody and that's this and Banksy. And like he, cause he knows all these characters cause he's watched all these movies obsessively. I, like I had no interest in watching reboot cause I was like, yeah, I don't think I even get any of these jokes cause other than Dante. No. And a lot remember. of, a lot of them are just, uh, jokes from Jay and Silent Bob strike back right done again recycled but yeah. with the characters are older and it's less funny and yeah. his daughter's in it <laughs> yeah and she's like and she's terrible only, yoga the only difference so. yeah she's i don't know it's it's like all the all of his other family members and friends that he puts in his movies yeah. like they're not really good actors no. but it's kevin smith movie i don't expect like, yeah I, like, oscar caliber acting i guess like, like i said I, I like i said in the beginning of the show i i actually like that in clerks i like the fact that veronica is not played by um whatever i'm trying to think of an actress emma who's the emma in la la land oh uh, uh now i can't think i keep i, I keep thinking emma watson but that's okay the fine emma, emma watson yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm just i'm glad veronica looks like a jersey girl that would be dating dante and she doesn't look like um oh emma stone emma is the other stone. i'm glad she's the one and i'm yeah. glad caitlin looks like caitlin she looks like a girl from jersey that i went to high, you know i went i went to high school in upstate new york so that's culturally very similar so like i'm glad caitlin isn't played by um jennifer lopez so i mean again i'm dating myself but you know jennifer lopez is like 60 now but you know what i mean like i'm i'm actually glad that yeah. all these characters and like i said i love rosario dawson so if it wasn't Rosario Dawson, had he used like, I don't know. Um, I think he was going to use his wife for that role oof, at some point, I would not like which that. I'm glad he didn't. <laughs> but yeah, like I'm glad it was Rosario Dawson and not like, you know, um, 
you know, uh, who's who's the who's the Apatow girl that was like, or, or or like the girl from that '70s show or something? Like, I'm glad it wasn't someone like that who was like too it would be like too much on the nose. Where you know, um, for me, Rosario Dawson was perfectly cast. Um, and like and like I, like I said before, I, I think that's the only real actor in almost any of these movies, right? I mean, obviously, Ben Affleck has a two second cameo, and Jason Lee has a two second cameo, but. Like, uh, Elias yeah. isn't a real actor. You know, he's, he's, uh, very, very minor stuff and he's more of a writer, I think. Obviously, Randall Dante, anyone in Clerks One. Um, actually, I forgot, I forgot that Walt Flanagan from Comic Book Men was in, in the first clip. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's the, like, egg, he's, the egg, he's guy the egg guy who gets all offended. And he's the jizz mopper <laughs> guy. He plays two characters. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I think, I, I think he plays multiple. He plays, Couple, you know, a couple of the guys played multiple roles. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, just to, just to close my point because I couldn't think, I couldn't. That's how bad I am. I could. I'm like, I'm so bad at like, I'm so old. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm glad it wasn't played by Deborah Winger. <laughs> I'm glad that Patricia Arquette didn't play the love interest. And you're like, wait, these people are like. But I mean, it would have that, <laughs> in 1994. It probably would have been someone like Patricia Arquette. Okay, uh, yeah, Patricia Arquette. Yeah, Deborah. Winger, whatever. Yeah. It would be, yeah. Like I, I don't know who I don't know who the Rosario Dawson it girl, the Rosario Dawson slash Emma slash Veronica slash Caitlin slash Randall slash Dante. I don't know. Like if I'd have to look on IMDb, like okay, I'm gonna put Paul Rudd. No, that's too early. Like I'm like who 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 am I putting in these characters? If it's a major Hollywood, is it like Kevin Bacon? I don't. In in like in <laughs> two thousand six, like yeah, let's say two thousand six. Who who are like who's Randall? Who are your who are your four characters? If it's two thousand and six, uh, better flex. I feel like um, I can't think of names right now. <laughs> the the guy from Meet the Parents. Oh, Ben Stiller. And Zoolander. Yeah, Ben Stiller. Yeah, I feel yeah, like this would be, be a like ben a Stiller Ben Stiller because. That was like this was like the height of the Ben Stiller Owen Wilson yeah that's uh, true. frat pack era. So I I feel like Vince Vaughn. Uh, if this movie was made if this movie was made with a bigger budget if Clerks two was like the first Clerks and it was just made in in yeah. two thousand six with a bigger budget it would be like Randall and Dante would be Owen Wilson and Ben, ben Stiller. Stiller and then yeah I don't know yeah. who would be playing the the other girls there would probably yeah, be like Cameron Diaz or something Cameron Diaz possibly <laughs> like, yeah because she was she was she was at the height of her yeah, game around that she time. was in Farrelly Brother movies that's funny about actresses like you know like the uh, speaking of Deborah have you ever seen the documentary Searching for Deborah Winger it's really good how you have these like actresses like the one uh, the the one who is in Knocked Up for example she's like in everything for a year and then she's gone you know and, and you'll have like Tom Cruise is like sixty and his love interest will be you know some yeah um, Israeli actress slash model twenty five yeah. <laughs> who, who's in like three movies in the same year and then disappears. And she's replaced like, yeah, Hollywood is really bad. Nicholas Cage too, like every Nicholas yes. Cage movie, he's like 60 and every movie is with like a 23 year old woman who's like a straight 10 out of 10. Yes. And Nicholas Cage is like a, 
I mean, in his heyday, maybe a seven or an eight. Yeah. But now he's like a five, and he's still, and it's still in every movies with these ten out of ten girls. It's like did this you, is not believable at all. Did you see the horrible <laughs> Five Nights at Freddy's? I think we actually talked about this in the last episode. The Five Nights at Freddy's. Yeah, I, st- I still haven't seen it okay. yet. It's coming to Netflix. It's, so it's horrible. Maybe. I, I would I would recommend not to watch it unless you're just watching it to make fun of. But anyway, same thing. The car- the girl he's in with that. And I, I even – like I, I have a bad habit of saying girl when I should say woman. But this is actually a girl. She's like 19 and she's like – she was on some bad TV show that I never watched that was popular. Um, Emily something. I think she's Dominican. She's gorgeous. She's a beautiful, beautiful girl. Not a great actress. Uh, maybe in something better than that movie she'd be fine. But she's not great in this movie. But no one is. But anyway, she he yeah. – sunset <laughs> with her. And I'm like, yeah, is this what we're doing now? This, this, the silent Nicolas Cage character who didn't say anything the whole movie is driving off in the sunset with this, you know, perfect looking woman. Uh, I was like, yeah, whatever. It's a horrible movie anyway, so I didn't care. But, uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, but it's yeah, weird. you would never see him driving off with someone, you never see him driving off with Helen Hunt, who would be age appropriate. <laughs> yeah, no. That's why, you Again, getting way off topic from the Clerks movies, uh, but people harp on the fourth Indiana Jones movie for being terrible. But at least the one thing that movie got right was they brought back Karen Allen, who is at least age appropriate for Harrison Ford. They didn't try to introduce (laughs) a woman 40 years younger than him or whatever. And the funny thing is people complained about that. People were like, oh, I want like I live vicariously through Indy. I don't want to be married to what's the what's the what's the character's name? Um, uh, Marion. Marion, yeah, I don't Marion Ravenwood or something. Like, I, I don't want to yeah. be married to her. I want to be, you know, I want to be with the, you know, and that, and like the funny thing is, I'm not saying that's a valid criticism because it's it's not really, but just from what Hollywood has taught these guys, that Tom Cruise is not dry, riding off in the sunset with Helen Hunt. He's riding off in the sunset with Gail Gadot or you know whoever and Gail. Yeah. Way too old. Gal Gal Gadot. If if Gal Gadot was cast in the new Tom Cruise movie, he'd be like, nah, she's a little bit too old now. You know, find someone else. <laughs> yeah, she's like over thirty yeah. now. Yeah. Get someone. Get someone more like f- fresh out of college. I definitely recommend that movie. though. searching for searching for Deborah Winger is a really good documentary about the Hollywood sort of. Um, female actresses how it kind of like chews up yeah kind yes. of chews up female spits, actresses yep. and spits them out whereas like male actors can kind of yes uh stay popular for a much longer exactly time. yeah it's but we're definitely not the first people to point out this problem. no not it's a hot take not a hot take. ongoing yeah. For, yeah. <laughs> it's been ongoing yeah. for a really long time yeah today Bob. we're gonna make some money and you know what we're gonna do? We're gonna go to that party, we're gonna get some pussy. I'm gonna fuck this bitch, I'm gonna fuck this bitch. I'll fuck anything that moves. You know what the fuck you looking at? I'll kick your fucking ass. Shit, yeah. Do that motherfucker owe me 10 bucks? You know, fucking tonight we're gonna rip off this fucker's head, take out his fucking soul. Your mommy be trying to buy something, I'm gonna shit in the motherfucker's bag. What's up, baby? What's up, sluts? So, yeah, I guess with all that being said, we've kind of talked about run the gamut of everything that we can talk about. Uh, What are some of the things you've been uh, watching and checking out in your personal time lately? All right. Let's see. Um, We talked a little bit off air about Search Party. Um, I watched I finished watching Search Party and I loved it. 
Um, Ali Shawkat is amazing. Okay. Um, everyone else in the movie, uh, in the series, is great. <clears throat> um, gosh. I'm trying to think what else I've seen. I'm planning on watching Search Party next. I'm watching Righteous Gemstones right now. Oh, did you, do you like it? That. I love that. But I, I do so far. I'm only three episodes in. Oh, so okay. next episode, I'll give my a fuller analysis. <laughs> OK, sure. Uh, but yeah, so far, it's doing a really good job of like capturing all the corruption uh, within the evangelical church, which is something that doesn't get uh, brought up a lot in mainstream media, which is which is interesting. Like it. There's a lot of stuff about the Catholic Church, <laughs> I think, in, yes. in mainstream media, good, good and bad. Uh, but there's not a lot about like Protestant churches, which is the main thing that you have in the South. There's not a lot of Catholic churches in the oh, no. United States. So, so yeah, it's it's interesting. But anyways, go go on. You can okay. <laughs> let's see. I'm trying to think. Have I watched anything else doing. recently? Um, well, that's funny. I I can't think. Trying to think, I've, I've, you know, I've been catching up, of course, on like, you know, things I've seen on YouTube and stuff like uh, YouTube channels. Like, I'm trying to think if I sat down and watched a series after watching Search Party, because that was, you know, I don't know, it's like five or six seasons. I think it took it took me a while to cut, to finish that one. I mean, that's that's valid. I haven't been I've I've been really busy with like applying for jobs and stuff. So I also have and things are opening up in Ontario. So I'm actually getting out of the house mm -hmm. more. <laughs> so I haven't, I haven't been watching as much. Um, I've since the pandemic started, I've made a point of trying to watch all these different horror movie series that I just never finished the entire series. Like I did all the Friday, the 13th and all the nightmare and Elm streets, oh, cool. all the Chucky's and stuff like that. Um, so I'm still doing that, but now it's getting even more obscure. Like I watched, I just finished watching, uh, oh, Sleepaway Camp. I watched Sleepaway oh. Camp 2 and 3, <laughs> which are terrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> made for made for like $100. They're like the cheapest movies I've ever seen in my life. I watched like Night of the Demons 2 and Night of the <laughs> Demons 3. So I'm watching. I'm, nice. I'm making a point of watching all the sequels because I went through a period where I tried to watch as many like popular important horror movies as i could but i avoided all the sequels i was like screw the sequels they're, sure. they're all gonna suck they're all terrible and now i'm making a point of watching all the sequels and i will say they do suck <laughs> but they're <laughs> fun at the same time like i enjoy sure. watching them even when they're terrible so yeah that's one thing and then another thing i wanted to mention was uh the new monsters inc series on disney plus oh, okay. uh, monsters at work uh i'm enjoying it it's like it's it's something you could watch with like a five year old and it would be appropriate for them. <laughs> sure. But you can still as like a 30 something year old, you could still get some enjoyment out of it, especially okay. if you are a Pixar fan. So, yeah, I'm I'm liking that. But that's about it. I think there's there's some anime I've been watching as well, uh, but nothing super, nothing super recent or like exciting sure. to to. To comment on, I'm I'm still waiting for the next season of Demon Slayer to come out, along with everyone else on the planet. I I I saw, speaking of horror, I, I I actually recommend this. I watched the the Fear. I want to say it's a trilogy, the Fear Street. Oh, Fear Street. Yeah, I haven't seen those yet. It's actually, really good. Yeah. Um, it was really good. I really liked the characters. Um, it was pretty clever. Um. Also, uh, are you? Did I? I, don't, I hate to repeat myself. Are you familiar with 
Dion Taylor? Uh, I don't think so. I can't remember if you mentioned. I, I'm trying. To, okay, he makes these like <laughs> these like throwback movies. Uh, Michael Ely is like in all of them, um, and I think actually I kind of like Michael. He's kind like there was there are all these like throwbacks to the, um, and I mentioned it briefly earlier in the show. Throwbacks to those '90s. You know, the guy has an affair. Um, so and so becomes obsessed with him and ruins his life. That's kind of the all these, uh, okay. and they get terrible reviews, and they're not good objectively, but they're fun, guilty pleasure level movies. Um, yeah, definitely aimed at like an African American audience because the main character, which I kind of I like that too because it kind of sets it apart differently. The main characters are always African American. Michael Ely with. Megan Good um, with, with uh, Dennis Quaid playing the bad guy. And then the other one I watched was Michael Ely with, um, gosh, it was another, I don't remember the woman's name, but it was another like model um, um, like make, like Megan Good with Hillary Swank playing the bad guy. So like you had sort of, um, you know, you know, well-known actors in like the service of like a lifetime movie which I like for me, that's a guilty pleasure. Whenever you give like a lifetime movie real actors and a budget, I kind of love it. <laughs> and um, one of them had a character from Menace to Society. And I, I remember I made the joke on Facebook. I'm like, I, you know, like I could pretend that this was in the Menace to Society universe and it made it that much better. Um, but like they're not good movies, but they're a lot of fun. You know, and they're very competently made because of the casting and, you know, like there's like, I guess you like if I was a movie critic, I'd call them slickly made, you know, like they're, you know, they're just they're 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 you know, I guess that's probably the best way to describe it. They are a lifetime movie with if you had real actors in a budget, but that same sort of lifetime plot. Mm, nice. You know, <laughs> high powered lawyer is mad at his wife one night. He goes out for drinks he has a one night stand. Oh no! The woman with the one night stand is the is leading the murder investigation in his <laughs> business partner's murder. You know, it's like okay, this is so contrived, it's so terrible, but I love it. <laughs> so, Dion Taylor, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of your movies. <laughs> I don't I don't know if you listened to How Did This Get Made, uh, but they uh. they do a lot of uh, movies within that similar kind of style. Mm -hmm. <laughs> where it's like it's like a town with like five people in it and everyone <laughs> right. is connected to everyone yes. else somehow. Yeah, like everybody's sleeping with everyone else. Yes. Like the police chief just happens to be sleeping with the wife of the yes. lawyer who's <laughs> investigating the crime that was committed by the police chief's son. And it's like how ma there's <laughs> like five people in this town, but it's supposed to be taking place in like New York in New City. York, LA, like yes, exactly. All 20 million things. people there. Yes. All these movies <laughs> makes no cities. sense. And like it's the same thing. Like, how do you keep on running into the same people? It was, just, it was great. Um yeah, I, I, uh, I like it's funny too because I guess these movies are like I like I, like you know and I guess anyone listening probably knows I live in Colombia and if you go to Netflix these movies are always like in like the number two today in Colombia number three today in Col it's always these like you know it'll be like a Latin movie or like a like a mini series oh. from Mexico but like the, always the top movies are these sort of um, and I guess because they translate well. 
you know, they're easy to watch. You know, they're not, um, you know, a foreign, a, a, you don't lose anything in translation. You don't lose anything in anything like that. Um, you know, they're basically, they're basically novellas as a two hour movie. when you really think about it, but these are always near the, top of the yeah. list, which, um, which is probably the reason I kind of got drawn to them. I'm like, yeah, I got, I got two hours to kill. Let me see this movie. Oh, Hillary Schwank. She's won an Oscar. Let's see what she's up to. And it's like, wow, this is terrible, but I love it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I guess that's about it. We, right. I, I was worried we wouldn't have that much to talk about with the Clerks movies, but we ended up talking for like two hours. I know. So I was a little worried about it, too. I'm like, I all right, after the first the 45 minutes, what are you going to talk about? But we had some cool, like, little asides into Todd Salance and, you know, kind of kind of stuff like that. I, 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 I think. Yeah. I, I'm glad we I'm glad you picked the Clerks movies. I think that was a really good choice. Yeah, it happened sort of organically because uh, and I should have mentioned this earlier, but I forgot. Um, uh, I was watching the Mitchells versus the Machines. Oh, OK. Which since we're talking about things we watch that we like, I would 100 percent recommend that. movie. Oh, it's OK. Fantastic. OK. It's probably the best animated movie I've seen this year. OK, I'll check it uh, out. But I was watching it for the second time, actually, uh, with a different group of friends and uh, the the song "Nothing But Flowers" by Talking Heads is also in that movie, <laughs> and it it reminded me of Clerks two. And I mentioned something in the chat about like, oh, every time I hear this, it makes me think of Clerks two. Maybe I should do Clerks for the next episode. Oh, nice of uh, of Hold Up. And then the one girl who I was chatting with listens to the show and said, "Yeah, please do that." Okay, uh, beautiful. So here we go. Um, and yeah, I think our next episode, I'm hoping we can, uh, we'll see if we can work it out, but I'm hoping to have a special guest on there. Uh, and we're going to be talking about the first two Sam Raimi Spider-Mans. Okay. I like Spider-Man three personally. I'm in that weird camp, mm -hmm. uh, just because it's so campy and ridiculous, <laughs> <laughs> but, but we'll fo focus on the first two because those ones got a lot of critical acclaim. I think Roger Ebert called Spider-Man 2 the best superhero movie ever. Yes, he did. Um, and there's a new Spider-Man movie coming out, I think, later this year. Oh, so I okay. want to uh, re revisit those before the next. Yeah, the third movie in the Tom Holland Spider-Man trilogy. Oh, OK. I, I haven't seen that. Maybe, you know Maybe I'll watch the second one tonight because I was kind of thinking like after the show, what am I going to do? And I haven't seen and I was actually thinking, I don't know what brought me. Something in me, oh, I guess maybe when you mentioned the Sam Raimi movies to me, something had popped in my mind. I was like, you know, I should see the Jake Gyllenhaal movie. Um, I've heard it's okay. Like, I heard it's a fun watch. I, I liked it, yeah. I don't know if I liked it as much as the first uh, Tom Holland Spider-Man film, but I, I like both of them. Yeah. I, yeah, I think yeah, he's yeah. a good Spider-Man. I think he's and, good. Yeah, they're, they're both very enjoyable films. That being said, the... I don't know if have you seen Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse? Oh, I loved that's it. like yeah. easily my favorite. Oh, yeah. it's great. Oh, OK, yeah, it's so good. <laughs> that, that's easily my favorite Spider-Man movie ever made. Like, I think that tops every other Spider-Man. It's so it's so good. And like, I'm so glad I watched it without any sort of fanfare. So I didn't know about like the I didn't know about like the Nick Cage version or like the, the, the you know, the other version. Like, I didn't know anything about that movie going in. I'm, and I was, oh, yeah. The John John Mulaney. John Mulaney. That's Spider right. Ham yeah. Spider-Ham. Yeah. yeah. The pig one. Yeah. I just I, I was so glad I could see that movie blind and I wasn't like expecting to see, you know, it's like I was surprised by things. I really loved it. Yeah, it's great. Nice. All right. So I will 
talk to you in two weeks. Okay. But for now, have a good night. And I guess that's it for this episode. All right. Good to hear you. So come on. You got to start trusting me more. Open up and tell me shit. Like, why haven't you fucked Myra yet? Well, we can't because of pillow pants. The fuck's pillow pants? Pillow pants is a little troll who lives in her pussy. Pillow pants is her pussy troll? <laughs> Duh. You know how every girl's parents put a pussy troll in them when the girls are young to keep them from having premarital sex? Sure. Well, Myra's is named Pillow Pants. And so, even though she totally wants to have sex with me, Myra says, if I put my thing in her, Pillow Pants will bite it off. So, I gotta wait until Pillow Pants gets peed out of her body on her 21st birthday before we can have sex. And Myra told you this? Boyfriends and girlfriends talk to each other about sex stuff, Randall. You'd know this if you ever had a girlfriend. Have you and Myra even kissed yet? We would have already if it wasn't for Lister Fiend. Lister Fiend is her mouth troll, isn't it? Women. <laughs>